Good morning, everybody. Welcome. You guys made a huge step and got out of your bed this morning. It was dark, it was warm, and it was hard for me, and so I commend you uh, for being here. And actually, this series is what we're talking about, is in the middle of all the things that we have going on in life, how do we build spiritual momentum? Uh, What are the rhythms and practices, the things that we do on a regular basis that help us grow? And uh, we're not just looking at this as individuals, but we're looking at this as really a community of people that come together. What are the practices and rhythms that we do uh, as a group that is on an ongoing basis? And uh, so far in this series, we've talked about the importance of doing what we're doing right now, the Sunday worship experience that we do together. Uh, When we come in his name, when we sing songs, when we learn together, uh, when we even are just catching up and meeting before and after service, God uses that to help us grow. Uh, It keeps us connected. Uh, Last week, we talked about the second rhythm, and that is to to serve. Uh, That is to commit time and effort to move the mission of the church forward. Uh, We're a portable church, and we shared really last week of how we have so many people who band with us to help our service go. Uh, And not just on a Sunday, but all that happens throughout the week, including groups. We have volunteers that help lead those and host those and everything in between. And so attending is a critical step. Serving uh, is an important step as well, being a part. And today we're kind of taking that one step further, and I'm going to talk about committing uh, to a church formally, the idea of of church membership. Uh, But before we talk about church membership, I want to talk about maybe some things that you're already a member of. So we're going to do a a brief survey. So here's here's the first thing. Uh, How many of you are a member of Costco or Sam's? Team Costco, raise your hand. Team Sam's. Oh, we got screams. Team both? Anyone have both? Okay. (laughs) Those are the committed right there. (laughs) They just, they have both, okay? Uh, Here's another one. Now, uh, this is Jim, and maybe I should ask if you're still going, right? (laughs) Too soon? Maybe not. But any Gold's Gym members? They've really crowded the parking at Victoria Gardens. Can I just say that? Uh, 24-hour? Oh, wow. We're a lot more excited about Sam's and and Costco. (laughs) Uh, Planet Fitness? Okay, any others? Am I missing? What is it? Choose. Choose. Choose people? Home. Okay, all right. Now we're cheating. All right, all right. But members of, of GMs, you know, you got to scan your, 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 you know, your, your card and everything. And then what about airline and, and hotel? Any of you guys, like, you're, you're, you're only flying one airline? Anyone? Like, all of these? There's just a, a mix of them. Um, I'm like an advantage American Airlines, so it's like that's kind of the path I'm, I try to take. I try to rack up those points uh, for future travel. But, but all of these are things that like are important to us. Uh, we're, we're members of many of them, like Costco and Sam's, you have to pay money uh, to be a member. And that like allows you to enter into the door. It allows you to also get great pricing for giant quantities of stuff. Um, but what we're talking about related to the church is actually something that, that goes a little bit deeper. And In memberships that I've described, these are like consumer, like products and services. But when we talk about membership and committing to a church, uh, it's actually something that runs a little bit deeper. It's it's a spiritual reality of of being committed. And so if you're you're new here or maybe this is your first time or you're exploring Ridgeview, um, I'm going to take you a little bit behind the scenes of what it means um, to be committed to a church. Uh, But if you're not a member of Ridgeview or if you're just trying to figure out what it means to be a part of a church, then kind of take this like at your, own, at your own pace. Like this isn't to force you into something. I just want to give you again in this series, like what are the practices that, that will help you grow? And so I'm going to spend this morning talking about uh, that idea. But here's the first question. Why does Ridgeview have church membership? 
Now, if you're new to church, you didn't even know maybe that was a thing. You might have thought, well, I come, I'm a member. And there is a difference between coming regularly. Uh, We would consider you like a regular attender, but that's different than somebody who's a member who's gone through a formal process. And I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about what that means for us as a church. So that might be just a new concept for you. You might have come from a church background where they didn't have church membership at all. And it was something they didn't talk about because they didn't have it. And then uh, you might already be a member of Ridgeview and you've gone through this process and hopefully, Lord willing, you've seen like the benefits of like I've committed formally, I've gone through this process and and how it's helped you. And so I hope no matter where you are, this uh, sermon will be relevant. Uh, But really the relevance comes in just a biblical concept. Like where does this idea of committing to a church come from? And so I'm gonna talk through that, but I wanna in the kind of throughout this sermon talk about maybe arguments that people have or you, you may have or you may have heard of like, what is with this church and trying to formally have people commit? Because commitment is actually a very hot topic in culture. Uh, we live in a time where uh, it's easy to be hesitant to commitment. Uh, commitment may be something that's foreign because it's like nobody asks for commitment anymore. Um, I love free trials of services and I get a free trial, and I cancel right before it. In fact, I had a free trial of YouTube TV. Awesome. But tomorrow I have to pay, so last night I canceled it. I'm not all in. I was in for three weeks. I enjoyed it. And so there's something about like free trials, which we get a little taste, but we don't have to fully commit. And that idea of commitment is like we don't have to fully pay. Well, in church, it's, it's different, but maybe the tension is still the same. We, we want to be a part, but we're always measuring and counting the cost. Like, what, what is it going to cost me? And that is what commitment is. There, there is a cost. But the first argument maybe is the word membership is not in the New Testament. And in fact, it's not. So we talk about church membership and you're looking for that word. Where is it? Well, the word membership is not in the New Testament, but the word member is. And that's where this concept of, of membership comes from. It's connected to this word member, which is melos, which is a body part or member. And I just want to highlight some scriptures, which may be a help to you just, again, like a survey. We're kind of going 30,000 feet. Uh, this is in Matthew 5, and he's speaking of this, this member, Jesus himself. It says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. Have you ever read that scripture when you were younger? And you're like, wow, this church thing's like pretty serious. Like, this is very extreme language from Jesus. This wasn't just someone else. This was Jesus himself. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Uh, he's using the extreme language, specifically the topic of lust, to show that if you get caught in something that you're chasing, that's enticing to you, sin, before you know it, you can be deep in darkness. And you may have experienced that. You may have experienced people in your life that have got caught by sin and caught by darkness. And when you're in the darkness, you can really find yourself in a cave and deep in that. So Jesus is saying is like, you, you have to watch out for your members. Like if your eyes, be careful what your eyes see. Be careful where you go. It's this idea of like take sin seriously. You, you have to be careful. That's that word, uh, melos, that, that member. And then in Romans, Paul talks about this. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. You can see this, this focus on avoiding temptation to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members, again, the same word, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So there's this, this part of when you decide to follow Christ, your whole self, your whole body, every part of you, you surrender to him. There's this sense of like, I don't wanna get caught distracted or down the wrong path. He has all of my life. 
And that members is this part, like you, you don't wanna be just partially in with Jesus. You wanna be all in. He has everything. So you're, you're, you watch what you see. You watch what you say. You, you watch what you do. It's like every part, every member of my life, every aspect of my life, um, I wanna be careful. And so that's speaking in, in Matthew 5, Romans 6, and Romans 7. Uh, that word, is, melos, is talking like the physical body, like the part of your, your physical body. But in the New Testament, that same word is also used for members of a larger body, the body of Christ. And you'll see this, Paul describes this six chapters later in Romans 12. And notice the shift in the meaning. For as in one body, we have many members, same word, and the members do not have all the same function. We talked about this last week in serving each other. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So now it's talking about this idea of our life is a part of this body of Christ as a member of it. And when we come together, we form this one body. Again, if you missed last week's sermon, I talked about how this works in the serving and the building up of the church. In Ephesians 4, Paul describes it as well. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are what? Members one of another. So now it's not just talking about like we belong to ourselves. It's saying like you're a member that actually belongs to this greater group of people, the body of Christ, that's the church. And then 1 Corinthians 12, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So you see that, okay, that we are, there's this elevated image of our life where it's not just us individually by ourselves, we're a part of something bigger. And you can even see the cut right through envy and comparison. It's when people are suffering, we wanna suffer with them. When people are rejoicing, we wanna rejoice with them. It's like, we're not just focused on our own life comparing it to others, but what you experience, I wanna be a part of the experience that you're experiencing, even if it's hard. I wanna join you in your burdens. As you rejoice, I don't wanna step aside and say, well, why isn't that happening to me and grow discontentment or grow envy or bitterness because of what people are experiencing, but I wanna join you even in the good. This is the picture of the body of the members of Christ uh, that, that come together. And so this is a, a brief overview, but that's where the concept of membership comes from. The members related to, we wanna give it all to God, every part of our body, every part of our life, and then... Our lives are connected, not just as individuals, but a part of this body of Christ. So from that, that's the context of where this idea of, of membership comes from. But I want to give you four reasons, and I think what the scriptures build the case of why it's important to formally commit. So again, if you're not committed to Ridgeview like formally through membership, I hope this gives you like a path, but this is something that you have to decide at your own pace. This isn't something anyone should coerce or guilt you into do. If, if anyone forces you into doing anything, uh, it doesn't last, right? Because there's things our parents told us all the time growing up that we had to do. But if we didn't want to do it, we weren't going to do it. We could fake it, but as adults, we choose what we want to do. And it's the same. There's freedom in the Christian life. But given the freedom, we all have to decide in our freedom, what, what are we going to do with our time and, and with our energy? So let's dig into the, the four reasons that we do membership. The first is this. A biblical reason. The New Testament describes and assumes a church uh, commitment. Now, what's very interesting is in the New Testament, as the early church got started, 
This assumption is very important. The idea of not being committed to a church wasn't really a concept because you, you were all in. You're all in because of the pressures, the cultural issues that you faced of becoming a Christian, and you're all in even because of the persecution. So the idea was like, they didn't really have even a formal membership then because if you were part of the church, you were part of the church. You were fully committed. Or you weren't. And so if you were in, like you, you were in. And notice, uh, I've read this before even in this series, Acts 2, 42 and 46. They devoted themselves, it's talking about the new believers, to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And then verse 46, and each day they devoted, that same word devoted, themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. So we see some of the characteristics, this joy, they're committed to this, this is something they want to do. And it's sincere, it's real to them. They're not faking it, it's where they want to be, doing what they want to be doing. And then it's talking about daily, there's this regular practice. They're part of each other's lives. They're part of this fellowship and learning and then that word devoted, uh, you'll, you'll see it up here on the screen, is to be eager in dedication and loyalty. So that's that idea of commitment. We're committed to each other. There's a loyalty that we have to where God has placed us in the church. We want to play our role. Now, this, this loyalty and this dedication is actually linked to the commands that we've been given in Scripture. And you may have heard of these before, but they're, they're called the one another's. And the idea is as individual bodies that come together or individual members that come together to form the body of Christ, there's specific commands that we've been given to treat each other and to do things to one another in a specific way. In fact, uh, the New Testament has a total of 59 specific commands that we're supposed to do to one another. Um, we're supposed to love one another in brotherly affection. It's just a little sample. That's Romans 12, 10. We're supposed to care for one another. We're supposed to serve one another. So these one another's form the basis of that dedication and that loyalty. So what I want you to do right now, just a little break. I feel like I'm talking super fast. I'm excited about this. But I want to just a little break. Open your program, and there's an extra handout, and you should see it. And it has the one another's. And this isn't all 59, but it's a sample of this commitment that the church is supposed to have to each other. So when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people. This is the commitment. So everyone, everyone see that? On one side, you should see something that says the one and others. I want to give you this because these are commands. This is what we're supposed to do. It's really not optional. Like This is what it means to be growing in the church, growing with one another. And these take commitment. If you even look at the sample on the screen, the idea of, of loving one another and this brotherly affection, this like family love, that, that takes time to build that, to care how do you care for people? Well, you need to know what they're facing. You can't care for people you don't know. That takes commitment. And then to serve, same. It takes you time. You have to know what's going on. How do people need to be served? So all of these really assume, again, this, this, this commitment. And so that sheet on the, the one side is the one another's. And on the back side uh, is our heart attitudes. And our heart, heart attitudes at Ridgeview our commitments that our members formally make. And so this is where the distinction of church membership is so important. We actually want to call out God's people to say, like, we are going to commit to these things. And so the one another's are really a summary, or sorry, the hard attitudes are a summary of, of the one another's. And those are seven commitments that we make as a church. And so to be a part of Ridgeview is this commitment. I'm a follower of Christ. I live within the boundaries set by Scripture as a follower of Christ. And I want to live 
by these hard attitudes, really the one another's. I want to commit to these things. And so the biblical reason is, is because God has given us this vision of the Christian life to treat each other in a certain way, and it's something that we have to commit to do. And by this, we, we really ask for the power and the help of God. And so that's the first reason, a biblical one. The second is a, a cultural reason. It's an antidote to our society. I, I've already mentioned uh, the word commitment and how it's a struggle. And commitment really is something, uh, especially in our day and age, because there's no shortage of options, where to be nailed down to anything is, is hard. Because I don't know about you, but I like to keep my options open. Anybody? Like as soon as you commit and you say, you know, yes to something, and this is life, as soon as you say yes to something, you say no to a lot of things. The problem is you don't always know what you're saying no to. But have you ever thought, well, if I say yes to this, what if there's better things that I want to say yes to later? You ever thought that? That's life. You don't know. So you have to commit with what's in front of you, knowing that that means that you can't say yes to everything else. The Christian life should limit your options. And that's okay. Jesus describes it as actually you take up your your cross. It's with great sacrifice. That means that you limit your freedom because of what God's called you to do. And that comes from commitment. And so here at Ridgeview, we want to make a big deal of commitment because I believe commitment is really important to Jesus. Because without commitment, how do we follow him? How do we take up our cross? How do we actually deny ourselves to do what he wants? It takes commitment day after day. It takes reading his word and prayer and asking God for help in the middle of all that we face to continue to make the main thing the main thing. And this is where the church helps. It's this this encouragement that we have. And in our day and age, there there is no shortage of churches. And actually, I appreciate that because there's churches that really can appeal to all sorts of people. If you came in today and you're like from a traditional old school church and you want your pastor to wear a suit, I'm really sorry, I disappointed you. I I usually don't wear a suit. And that's for a few reasons. Like, we come from a place where we want to be accessible, and I think I do need to dress probably not in shorts and flip-flops. Some of you are like, oh, pastor, please. (laughs) But, But I also don't dress in a suit on purpose. Part of it is, if there's unchurched people, I want to look as close to them as I can, but maybe like a notch up. But on the other hand, if you were hoping like I was wearing like skinny jeans, I won't be doing that either. And so th- there's all sorts of things that, that we look for and, and take it a step further. You may come from a church where like the pastor worked through a book of the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And I do that some of the time, but that's not just the only thing we do. But there's some people like that's what they want. And that, that's okay. But the reason I bring this up is it's okay to try to find a church that fits you. But what you have to do is you have to be careful to not keep searching and searching and searching to find the perfect church. Most of the time, that will prevent you from committing. At some point, you have to decide, this church, wherever I am, with this people, this is the direction I wanna go. And so consumerism is really at an all-time high because of all the options and the access on the internet and streaming. You can find whatever you want. But at some point, you have to decide the group of people that I will commit to, that I will commit with. That's what we're talking about. And so argument number two, I can participate at church without committing as a member. Why should I commit? 
And I think, again, it's because I think that's the call that Christ has given us. We're willing to commit so that we can move the mission forward. It really goes against keeping our options open and our expectations low. When we commit, we limit our options, and now we're committed to seeing what God can do. That's the call that he's given us. In fact, you see Christ himself, what he did for the church. Ephesians 5.25, this is talking about marriage. Husbands, pay attention to this. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Christ is the one who sets the highest bar for the commitment. It's a sacrifice. So that's why we want to elevate commitment because it's from our commitments we grow. You always commit and the growth comes. That's an aspect of faith. If you want certain things, but you're not willing to commit in your life, most of the time, that growth doesn't come. You have to be willing in faith to say, I commit to these things and trust God will bring the growth and the help that you long for. And so that's the the cultural reason. This leads to reason number three, a practical reason. It defines who can be counted on. At church, there's a part of which you need to know who are your committed people so that you can call on them when there's a need. You can call on them when, when something arises where we need the people of God to, to kind of step up. I mean, could you imagine if you're here and then tomorrow I show up your door hoping that you'll help with something? That'd be pretty scary. In fact, that would probably be like your top of like, I never want that to happen in my life. And so we, we don't do that. We don't chase people down. We give people the calling of commitment. And then that gives us as a church, now we know the people who freely and willingly decided to commit, and those are the people we can call on. Every team has a roster. Uh, Here's a picture from our first membership uh, group that we had go through. This was November 3rd, 2019. If you're new to Ridgeview, we're we're a new church. We launched five years ago, five and a half years ago. Uh, 28 people uh, formed our first uh, group of members. This was our first class. Some of you are in this picture. Uh, from this time, seven people have moved away from our church. That's what happens as well. People, you commit to a certain... So when I'm talking about membership, this isn't like this, we've locked the doors, right? Those doors are not locked, correct? Okay, guys, yeah, shake. Yeah, okay, good. People were scared for a second. He's a little hesitant. Are they locked? It's, it's, it's open. Like, this isn't like some, you're committed forever. But the idea is like, I'm committed to this church until God calls me elsewhere. And that, that happens too. God calls people and they move. We have people in this picture that aren't even in the state anymore. We have people that have moved on to other churches. And our job is to bless people as they're here and to bless people as they leave. That's our role. But we want to use the group of people God brings for a specific season of time. And so from this group, we now have 74 uh, fully committed Ridgeview members. So in the last four years from when this first happened, uh, our membership has grown 164%. So I praise God for that. That's what God does. And it's still growing. And that's the idea. When you talk about membership, it can feel a little exclusive. It can feel like, oh, is that like, wow, that's like a closed group. No, the idea of membership is we want it to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. Because what we're saying is we want the number of committed people to God's church to continue to expand. That's one of our values. Expansion. We're, We're growing and we're including people in that. I check out this scripture in Ephesians 2. It says, so that you are no longer strangers 
and aliens, outsiders with without rights of citizenship. This is talking about like being a foreigner. But you are fellow citizens with the saints who are God's people and are members of God's household. That's this picture. We have a group of people who are a part of this household, this body coming together. And we're we're members of that. I wanna I wanna just play a brief song, okay? to illustrate what I've talked about so far. This is one of my favorite songs. If you know it, I encourage you to sing along. But let's, let's listen to this together. Now we get down with this part. Come on now. Anyway, just take that take you back. He's called Bill Withers. And he has other songs that are really good too. It's our younger crew right here. There, there's something about that song that actually cop, captures a lot of what we're talking about. First is he, he says, please swallow your pride. If I have things you need to borrow, for no one can fill those of your needs that you won't let show. That's actually very insightful. It's talking about a commitment to a group of people. Like you, you're actually willing to let people see what's really going on. And then um, he talks about this, like the reciprocal part. Um, Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. For it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. That's a great insight too. It's a commitment that, that we both have. Now for some of you, are like, what kind of a church service is this? But it is to illustrate, there's something about what he's speaking of which actually does illustrate a longing in our heart. We all need somebody to lean on. Like we need people that we can call on. And that's really the vision of the church. It's like you don't have to guess if this can happen. We're commanded to do it. And that's why we have this formal process where we don't have to just kind of have all this guesswork of, well, I want to be a part of this church. What does it mean? Well, you you can actually commit and become a member 
And that leads to the fourth reason, and that is it's a personal one. It produces spiritual growth. At Ridgeview, we never ask you to do something that the Bible doesn't tell you to do. And in fact, membership isn't any sort of added part of Christianity. In fact, it's just calling people forward to do what God's commanded us to do. And we all need that. We need this sense of how do we move forward? And as a church, we have a duty from people that are just investigating. We need to walk them through what it means to become a Christian. For people who are new Christians, we need to walk them through how do they build their faith. For mature Christians, they need to know how do I continue to make a difference in the kingdom? How do I grow? What does it mean for me to be a leader? We have to do that every step of the way. But ultimately, we do it because we want to build people up to be the men and the women God has called them to be. Hebrews 10 gives us this vision. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this is, we, we press on together, we, we cheer each other, we challenge each other's growth like we're in this. But why is this important? Well, a few chapters earlier, the writer of Hebrews explains. It says, but continually encourage one another every day as long as it is called today. And there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened, that is, into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, its cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. This is so important because you and me and every single one of us, before we know it, can be deceived and on the wrong path. And so when you commit to a group of people, we're we're, we're basically saying like, hey, I need you to watch out for me. I need to watch out for you. We're always in danger of drifting. Churches are in danger of drifting. You read scripture and you find this was always the tension. They they had the right intentions. They had the, the commands of God and then they got off track. And so it's through our commitments to God's purposes, his word and building our life on that, it keeps us from being led astray. Which leads to my my last point, argument number three. Asking people to commit to church membership is is too controlling. I hope it doesn't feel like that, but but it can. Anytime you talk about something formal, anytime you talk about uh, a commitment. But again, the commitment in the Christian life always has to be in an atmosphere of freedom. And so if you're a member of Ridgeview, I thank God that you are. One of the things I'm praying through is, is how do we actually make membership renewal, this idea of like every year we, we commit to doing this again? Because I think people need to have freedom. Like, well, I don't know if I can continue in this. Freedom is very important in an atmosphere of, of love. And then for those of you that, that are members, like you, you can explore and, and take kind of your, your next step. Uh, here's a slide of our, our process just to kind of break it down practically. It's called Exploring Ridgeview. And we have like three steps for what it means to become a member. The first step is to preview, preview who we are as a church. You can't commit to a church if you don't know who they are. And so we offer a class where you can learn who we are, what we're all about, our mission, the direction that we're going. You can ask questions. Uh, It's in a smaller uh, class with people who are exploring the same thing. And so that first class, I encourage you to come. We're actually having one next week on January. No, is it? Is today the 21st? Yeah, it is next week. January 28th. And so uh, you can write preview on your connection card. But if you go back to the previous slide, uh, the first step is a preview. And then we have a second class, which is discover. Discover is, okay, 
I like what I see. This makes sense. I want to move in this direction. Uh, we take you to the, the second class, which is a little bit longer, a little bit more in depth. And the Discover class is getting into our beliefs, our practices, and then how you can get involved personally. Okay, not just learning, but what does this mean for me to participate? And then the final is once you've gone through preview and the Discover classes, you can decide to commit. And you sign a membership covenant, which is saying, like, I commit to these things, which, again, is to live the Christian life as God's commanded us, to commit to the the hard attitudes, the, the one another's. And then uh, we present you in the service and say, like, we have these people who've decided to become members of our church. How many of you have done this process and you're a member of Ridgeview? You could see all around the room. We do this last part because it's celebrating the household of God that's coming together and our, our growth of people who've formally committing. It's not to embarrass people or to make some people feel bad who are sitting down, but it's the idea of, like, we want to celebrate these things because this is who God is drawing near to commit to us. And so... Um, I want just to encourage you, wherever you are, you may have attended preview and discover, but you've not yet committed. Uh, I just encourage you, take that next step of commitment. Maybe you've gone to the preview, but you haven't yet gone to the discover class. Take that step. Maybe this is all new to you, and you're like, ah, this is kind of weird. Just consider these things. Look back at your listening guide at the scriptures. Begin to, to read. Look at the one another's and get this picture of the Christian life. And then finally, if you're not yet a Christian, You can't become a member of God's household until you decide to be in God's household. And you do that by giving your life to Jesus, presenting your life and every member and part of yourself to him. And what that means is I admit I'm a sinner. I I need God's help. I need to move beyond my own way, doing it on my own terms, on my own timing. And you just decide I, I give it all to him. And I don't know where you are this morning, but if you've not yet decided to follow Jesus with your whole life, you can make that decision. You can admit your sin, ask God to forgive your sin, and know that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay for your sin. And so your forgiveness is full and complete because of what Jesus has done. And so if you've not yet made that decision, that's where you wanna start. Give your life and commit to Christ first. And from then, from there, the, the, the blessings of the Christian life flow. Finally, a Ridgeview gains momentum as members deepen their commitment over time. This is the picture of momentum and commitment. And when I look back at that first membership class, it was November 3rd, 2019. What was right around the corner from that time? You guys remember? It was another C word, right? Little did I know at that class how important it would be for us to have a committed group of people to help us move forward in the the greatest surprise any of us knew. From going to a church that wasn't online to only online, to then a park, to then figuring out how to do church. It was from this group of committed people that we were able to move and grow and expand. So what I'm talking about. It's not hypothetical, it's real. And I believe that the group of members that we have, all 74, and the group that he's drawing to continue to commit and further expand, that's preparing us from new opportunities that God has. And so I encourage you, wherever you are, take a next step. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for just the promise that we can be a part of your household. We don't have to be by ourselves alone trying to figure this life out. And I pray for anyone here who's not yet decided to follow you, that you'll compel them, that you'll convict them of their sin, that you'll soften their hearts to consider you, 
and that they'll decide to follow you with their whole heart. God, I pray that those are lost, that just feel alone, that, that you'll really draw them to yourself. And God, I pray that all of us, wherever we are, will continue to take our next steps of commitment to you. Will you, Lord, just put your finger on things in our life that we need to continue to surrender, to hand over, things where we still have control that we need to give to you? And God, we thank you that you're gracious. You help us and you meet us right where you're at. But finally, I just thank you for this church, all the people that you're bringing to create this just beautiful tapestry of your people gathered in your name. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, I do pray. Amen.